Hello and welcome to another episode of Nerdorama with me, Paul. And me, Terry. Hey, Terry, this is a Star Trek special. Well, I'm quite disappointed, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, you've seen every episode. To be perfectly fair, if I would describe Star Trek and Star Wars, Star Trek is kind of like the indie music, whereas Star Wars is rock and roll kind of thing. So they're different in their own complementary ways. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about all the series tonight, have a quiz, and also I'm going to give you a challenge. Quotes, was it from Star Trek or was it from Star Wars? Well, the Star Wars ones I'm guaranteed to get right. We will see about that. I've memorised all the lines in the original trilogy. We will see, shan't we? Moving on to Enterprise. What did you think of it, Paul? I adored Enterprise. Absolutely loved it. and love it. I still watch it now. I've got to be with you on that one. At first, I kind of struggled to uh, get used to it. But then it did really grow on me, and it was very, very good series. Plus, I had some very good seasonal arcs, like the uh, Temporal War, for example. I hated the Temporal War. Actually, interesting fact, the first season of Enterprise... The producers wanted it to be just on Earth. They wanted it to be, the Enterprise was supposed to launch on the season finale of season one. And I thought that's a really interesting concept because obviously the first episode was, as it turned out, thanks to network interference, uh, Klingon turned up and then Enterprise took the Klingon back. But the original thing would have been the Klingons attacked Earth at the end of season one. I know that in Kirk's era, uh, they were at war with the Klingons. Indeed, indeed. Talking about Kirk, he was apparently supposed to be in it. They wanted, you know, for the Dark Mirror Universe episode. Really? Apparently, yeah. Him and Archer got together and created the evil Mirror Universe. That was the original plan, but Shatner being Shatner wanted too much money. Yep, typical. (laughs) Yeah, he's such a plonker. Well, that would have been really interesting to see that, I must admit. Yeah, man. But Enterprise, it, first two seasons were stodgy. I did struggle to love it. I mean, the original run in 2005, I was there for the premiere. Sam from my telly man, I was like, yes. Watch the first episode, thought, yes. Watch the next two, thought, no. And they lost me about halfway through season one. See, I did actually like Captain Archer as a, as a main character, you know. And he was a bit of a badass. He was actually a better version of Kirk, wouldn't you say? He was brilliant. Everything about him. Although, again, networking interference. You know the end of season three, after sort of this indie weapon? They wanted, the network wanted them to kill Archer. What? And then bring in a new, younger, happier, jollier, sprightlier captain. They really don't know what they're doing, do they, these producers? Well, the network. So the producers were like... What are you guys on? <laughs> Arch is the best character. And he was, by the way. These guys are a bunch of suits in the offices that really don't have any life outside their offices and don't really talk to people on the ground. So they don't really know what everybody wants kind of thing. They don't leave it to the producers. So unfortunately, Enterprise turned out to be a completely different show to what it should have been, especially with the Borg element. Do you remember the Borg episode? Not really. That was a long time. I watched uh, Enterprise a long time ago so well, I've got memories of it it was like a tie into First Contact they had to sort of kind of tie it in in a weird kind of way because the original timeline of Next Generation n- nobody knew about the Borg right. Yeah, you remember when Q took them there and Guinan was like this is the Borg fear them and then Enterprise is a prequel to that so they had to bring in the First Contact which means technically right that from that point, from Enterprise, it was an alternative timeline. So the main Star Trek continuity goes on the first contact uh, timeline, essentially. Yeah. It still happens. It's just really the whether the Borg are in it or not, really. In the original the universe, Zephyrin Cochrane still goes and uh, creates Starfleet, essentially, doesn't he? So that happens regardless, doesn't it? So nothing really changes as such, other than they, they will become aware of uh, the Borg. Also... Because it got cancelled so soon, people know it got cancelled at the end of season four. Well, actually got cancelled just before then, but it ended at the end of season four. We missed out on some epic 
plot lines. What what interests me is the Romulan War because they absolutely humiliated the Romulans because the Romulans basically got their butts kicked by um, Starfleet and they didn't realise how what a threat Starfleet were and their technology wasn't all that great as well so it kind of really humiliated them. Yeah, and apparently another plot line that they would have used was T'Pol was a half Romulan, half Vulcan, and they was going to spin that into it as well, which would have been interesting. That would have been quite interesting. They would have got a bit more paranoid about uh, T'Pol. There would have been a lot of mistrust t- towards her because there would have been at war. I think there would have been conflict within with Archer and the Starfleet as such, I think. Also, a, a lost story arc could have been the origination of the Borg Queen. I heard about that because wasn't it like some artificial AI or something like that? And it was a little girl that got taken over by the by that or something. No, what are you on? That is wrong. Actually, it was no, what they got planned was a Starfleet medical officer would have been taken over by the Borg and she became the Borg Queen. I thought it was a young girl. No, most definitely not. Apparently as well, I don't know if you remember the <laughs> the episode where they all became like where they became like lizards. You remember when they went down to that planet, became lizards. Um, not quite, no. Oh, dude, I was reading about that. Levar Burton directed it, you know. Uh, we, we all we all know him as Geordie from the TNG. Apparently, everybody hated it. The producers hated it. Burton hated it. Burton went to one of the producers and he said, look, mate, I am ashamed to direct this episode. What is going on? They were saying that they were handing out the script to the crews and they literally saw people reading it going, this is a disaster. And it was. Berman says it's the worst ever episode he's done, forgetting the finale, clearly, because whatever. But um, it was pretty bad. Wait a minute. The Borg, um, according to Borg law, the Borg are supposed to have existed way before Starfleet uh, even came in, into existence. It was like thousands of years before. Yeah, I thought we'd move on from that. But yeah, you're, that's true. But she became Borg queen. Maybe that can still work. Yeah, maybe. Let's touch on the finale. What did you think of the finale? Okay, from a storytelling perspective, it kind of wraps it up as such, if you get what I mean. The establishment of the Federation, essentially. It's not exactly what you call action-packed or anything like that. And uh, Tucker dies, doesn't he, at the end? Pointlessly. Yeah. Completely um, ridiculously so. It was in in the finale, and uh, we have to have some sort of death as such, which didn't really make sense at all. You've got TNG crew... They could have been. They could have done the things a bit more interesting. If they did a good finale, what could have been cool? The TNG crew going back in time to that point because there's some alien going to stop the uh, formation of the feder- uh, Federation. Yeah, and it could have been a two-part uh, episode, and you had the TNG go back in time to stop that from happening, and then uh, crossing over. That would have been. That would have been pretty good. It would have been awful, man, what are you talking about? The biggest problem with the finale was the Enterprise crew being in there. That, that it was It's about Enterprise, not about TNG. Why bring, oh, and Franks? Why bring Franks into it? Dude, I cannot stand Franks. He sucks at directing and he sucks at acting and he's ruined Star Trek. I mean, if you, if you remember when, like, Q came along, we like, offered him, like, all these powers in the world and he turned into a complete dumbass. He was like, oh, I don't need you, Captain. I can do whatever I want and start giving people a bunch of stuff. Like, he turned Wesley into a guy. Like, oh, you're a child. Be a man. Ha, ha, ha. there. Be a human. I do not like Franks, man. Anyway, the problem was, was it, it wasn't about the Enterprise crew. All we- I was just suggesting was if they wanted to go down that route, why don't they do something, something of that ilk kind of thing? where they could just have a crossover sort of thing, TNG, meet up with Captain Archer, etc. That would have been interesting, better storyline, which I think you can agree with. I agree it would be a good storyline, not a good finale. The finale mm. should have been completely about the Enterprise crew doing something spectacular, like saving Earth from the Romulans or something like that, something amazing. Not... Frank's turning up saying, hey, I used to, uh, I'm the chef and I do the cooking and look, I made some sushi. That isn't cool, man. Rick Burman, he outwardly admits that he is so regretful of the finale. 
And he says it was the only time Scott Bakula was mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was so mean to me. <laughs> it was rubbish. You deserve it. <laughs> I think it's one of the, those things about doing your job right, isn't it? You either get your job right uh, and everyone loves you, but when you get it wrong, you can expect an absolute hammering for it, can't you? Yeah, yeah, and and especially when there's so much love, love for Trackman, and there, there was a lot of tr- love for Enterprise. It's just uh, it was bad timing and a lot of you know bad storylines and, and network interference. But generally, what was your favourite episode? When they go back in time and fight the Nazis, that's quite. Cool. <laughs> oh yeah, start season four. Yeah, uh, that's quite good. Yeah. yeah, I love the three story art they had Brent Spiner in. It really oh. worked. He's uh, the one that's responsible for the eugenics, isn't he? That's right, yeah. Uh, and then he starts going on to uh, later generations start making androids. That's it, yeah. The, the very end of that episode is like, hmm, genetics. I was wrong. Androids. Now that's interesting. It may take a generation or two, but I'll get there. And I thought... Yeah, so obviously, so that that was cool part of having a TNG member in, not sticking Franks on it, going, oh, <laughs> look at me, yeah, yeah, I'm here with my woman, dude. It ruined it. Anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, it was good, it was good. But anyway, so I loved Enterprise, and you know, if you ever go on Netflix, right, and it's like what's popularly trending at the moment, it's always Voyager. <laughs> Always is Voyager, so seems logical to now start talking about Voyager. But I wish it was Enterprise, but it is Voyager. What do you think of Voyager? Um, some of the characters I don't like in it. Jane Way is probably one of them. She feels a bit. Paris is one of my favourite characters, just because he's so zany and out there, you know. And he's fun. He's a fun character as well. At the start, I mean, he was he did that thing in in uh, TNG, didn't he? When he was younger, and he messed up, didn't he? Cause the death of um, oh, yeah, right? a space cadet because uh, yeah. they were he was flying with Wesley and a couple of others, and his name was Lieutenant oh, Lasario. Was it? Mm-hmm. I think it was Lasario. Tom Paris uh, centric episodes. That's the thing, though. Um, oh, I do remember a couple two part episode called "The Year of Hell." Do you remember that? Um, they had that ship that completely destroyed a planet, completely out of existence. It destroyed it from ever existing. And that was really cool. And uh, the main baddie wasn't exactly what you call evil, was he? Well, yeah, you, no, it wasn't. It was Kirk Kirkwood Smith from that 70s show. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't what you call evil as such, was he? He was trying to get his, his um, child, wife and child back, wasn't he? Because he messed around with the machine, didn't he? Kind of did turn him evil because yeah. He was, no, but he was obsessed with trying to get that back because uh, Jacoti becomes sticks up for him, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Uh, even when Paris is kicking off, saying, "Dude, what are you talking about? This guy's insane." But it's quite ironic because when they actually destroy the ship, it resets everything, and he actually ends up with his wife and child. So that was the, the ultimate solution, kind of thing. Because Voyager gets blatted, mate. It's just like absolutely destroyed. Yeah, loads of people die in it, don't they? It's really bad. It's a really dark episode, a couple of episodes, because off right off the cuff, you get you do get some casualties straight almost straight away, don't you? Do you remember the Kazon? They were so awful. I've got vague memories of it. I only watched I kind of watched a Voyager through, and then was that was it really? Yeah, Voyager it was good. Season one was terrible because do you remember them replacing Kez? I loved Kez with Jerry Ryan because Jerry Ryan was hot. <laughs> so wrong and then uh, obviously Kes comes back really peed off in season six well you can't blame her well, I got replaced by her <laughs> who's that character she was married to Neelix or ah uh, Neelix yeah because Tom Paris had a crush on her that's right and Neelix kept warning, warning him off of her I liked Voyager at parts other parts no 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 the finale Definitely not. The finale, man, really irritated me because you kind of you want to have a, a farewell to the crew. You got to know everybody. Paris, mm. like I say, Paris is called Neelix and Tuva. Well, fortunately, Neelix got kicked off the ship. <laughs> I will be here to leave. Mm. The finale just ended. They got back to Earth and that was it. No, it ended mm. because of obviously they got a lot of stick over uh, DS9's ending. But 
it would be nice to see him on this, you know, a whole episode of him just chilling on Earth. That would be that probably would have been a lot more satisfying, you know, because they actually finally got there back home. They could have seen what happened to all the characters. It would have been nice. Do you remember Tuvix when Neelix became Neelix and Tuvok became one person? Oh, it is the worst thing in history. It's called Tuvix. Tuvix. Why would you call a character Tuvix? I don't know. The Star Trek does have some bizarre names for characters, though. Shut up, man. You can't say anything with Star Wars. Um, <laughs> also, and this is obviously a serious issue that we've got with Star Trek, is apparently Janeway as well nearly had to wear a padded bra. Yeah, Troy had to do that in TNG. Yeah, man, it's uh, Star Trek has had a serious sexism side of it for a long time. Worryingly so, actually. True. Do you know also, Janeway wore a wig. She original hair didn't work in the original shoots, so they had to reshoot all of her scenes and redo her hair and stick a wig, just stick a wig on her head. <laughs> I bet, bet the fans were in for a major disappointment when they saw her with her real hair. Uh, oh, anyway, um, yeah. Because apparently she was the second captain, wasn't there? There was another woman originally who was going to be the captain. Of I didn't Jane know that. Way. Yeah, yeah. And her name was Genevieve. Oh, the fans will tell me, but I can't remember her name. Genevieve something. And she she quit on the first quit, quit on the first day. She said, I can't do this. This is awful. And left. Interesting. And so they got Kate, obviously. Ugh, Kate Mulgrew in. And... Not the nicest woman on set, so so rumors go. She was apparently horrible to Seven of Nine, i.e. Jerry Ryan. <clears throat> well, we're working our way back, as it seems, and it's next up is DS9. Apparently, you know, Bashir, he was supposed... Well, the guy who played him, Alexander Zigig, I think his name is. He, he was supposed... He was originally lined up to be Cisco. He'd have made an awful Cisco. He was, like, genetically an engineered... A genetically engineered human, wasn't he? He was um, indeed, yeah. I've, I found his, uh, Dr. Bashir quite an interesting character. For the first two seasons, the network wanted him out. They hated him deeply and thought he was rubbish. And Berman was like, no, no, we've got to keep him. We've got a story arc for him. But he was hated. And another one of the reasons they wanted him out, do you know him and Miles, best friends, best buds, yeah? Yeah. Hated each other in real life. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. But uh, yeah, Vashi was cool. Odo, I thought it was a bit of a stick in the mud. Each their own, but I found his. Uh, I found him interesting at least. I mean, he was like this, like this liquid-based life form and everything, wasn't he? Do you remember when he came became human? The, t- the uh, changelings made him human, and he, t- and he started moping. Didn't he get this illness where it made him solid and everything, and uh, it started making his skin go bad? And he started dying. And they used that during the uh, Dominion War, didn't they? Because um, the changelings um, started catching that. And Odo was the one, only one that had the um, immunity to it, didn't he? Mm-hmm. What do you think of Cisco as um, captain? I do remember one episode uh, during the Dominion War where he actually schemed to get the Romulans involved in the war. And it was... A- oh, Into the Pale Moonlight, it's called. It's amazing. Garrick's doing all this up. Uh, backhanded stuff doesn't he uh, and he doesn't follow the plan entirely but basically at the end the ship gets blown up uh, the Romulan ship gets blown up and it gets the Romulans to think that um, it's some conspiracy between, behind the Dominion and so they join uh, the Federation in the war because it was all it was all fake the planted information wasn't it if you remember and yeah, yeah the explosion covered up the fakeness so then the Romulans joined the war and started tackling. So yeah, it was that is the best episode of DS9. When they brought Wolf back, huh? I think it's season six, episode nineteen, if I'm correct. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong, people. Uh, but I think that's what it is because that is my favorite episode. I did like Wolf back uh, going back as well. Well, they had to bring they had to bring him in, didn't they? Because it was a typical Star Trek thing. Season three, everybody hates it. <laughs> it's just like uh, I guess we'll bring in Jerry Ryan or we'll bring in I don't know Wolf. At least he had had a lot of king on action, though, didn't they? Uh, Wolf had his own ship, the Defiant. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, well, it was Cisco's ship, but yeah, yeah, it was. Dude, the Defiant was awesome. But DS Nine, it was so against what originally Rottenberry wanted, isn't it? Rottenberry was like, I call him Rottenberry because uh, you know what he did to TNG, but 
basically he said Star Trek's about exploration and DS9 was not about exploration at all. It's about war, really, essentially. Yeah, and it was, well, it was on the space station as well. So it was about war, which Roddenberry didn't agree with. And it was on the space station, which he was like, ah, where are you going to explore in the space station? So it's kind of, and it was really dark, really dark. They had to actually cut some of them down because of the violence. There's one episode where so many Jem Hadar got killed. They edited it. They sent it over to be the BBC to, you know, broadcast it. And the BBC even cut it out even more because there's so much. So yeah, DS9 was, dude, it was all right. Do you know? Do you remember Jadzia Dax? Uh, Dax, who was done by Terry Farrell. Yeah. Well, she was awesome, by the way. I loved her, but she kind of was getting burnout, so she went to Rick Berman and said, "Do you mind, like, for season seven, I just take a few episodes out and just chill a little bit, you know, like just recurring guest star." He's like, "No, either take it or leave it." So she's like, "All right, I'm bye." <laughs> they killed her off, didn't they? Yeah, uh, her replacement um, starts dating um, Doctor Bashir, and Wolf gets really angry about it. Jack uh, Dax is married to um, Wolf. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of her replacement, which was Esri Esri Dax. I think mm. it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I wasn't a massive. She's nice as a woman in real life, but mm. I'm not a, not a huge fan of it. But what do you think of the space station? Did it work compared to a ship? I know, I know they brought in the defining later on in the, but the first three seasons were basically just on the space station yeah it's interesting but there's other shows that kind of did something very similar when I mean, we're talking about babylon 5 for example that's and there's a r- interesting fact babylon 5 the guy who actually pushed babylon 5 out he was one of the main producers on ds9 I did not know that yeah so very much DS9 is kind of basically Babylon 5. So really good spot there. I'm just saying though, um, I think I think Babylon 5 was probably better series than DS9, I think. Earlier, definitely. Yeah. But later on, no. Do you, do you know to try and change the ratings? Normally they bring in like a woman, you know, it was just like, but they didn't with DS9. One of their ideas that they brought in Wolf eventually, as we just mentioned, but one of their ideas was to blow up Bajor. That would have been an interesting story arc. That would have been. Like, destroy the whole planet. <laughs> Just, like, obliterate it. But it wouldn't make much sense, would it? Because, like, DS9 was, like, right next to the planet. Anyway, yeah, it's nice talking about DS9. Um, and you're clearly, your favourite episode is my favourite episode, which is Into the Pale and Moonlight. Hmm. Which is, very, by the way, a very good episode. Uh, I like. I do like what Asito says at the end. He says, do I regret what I've done? Absolutely not. Even though he was completely, he was, he was, he was playing devil's advocate there, wasn't he? One's man's good conscience is not worth more than millions of lives. That's basically what it came out of it. Anyway, moving on to the TNG. Ah, finally. TNG's got lots of good episodes and lots of great characters. Okay, let's cross her and um, Riker aside. I think it's got a very strong cast. Crusher, Riker, and for some reason, Alexander. Ugh. And Troy, mate. They're, they're the four characters which are awful. Oh, do you remember that episode where Wolf's girlfriend as such, wasn't it? Had a child with her, didn't he? That, and that was to do with the thing on leadership, wasn't it? Because there was um, Garon and Doris were com- competing for leadership, wasn't it? Because Doris killed his wife. Wolf's lover, Wolf ended up killing him. Do you remember why? It was something to do with Worf's family taking the honour. Uh, were dishonoured, and it was the Juris family that was the ones that were responsible for that. Indeed, the attack at Kitima, it was, where they blamed Worf's father, but it was actually Duras's father who was at fault, who gave the Romulans the defence axis codes. So, yeah, yeah, it was, that's, that's where all that came from. And she found out, and then Doras was like, Hey, you can't tell nobody. I stopped you, yeah. And then that was her gone. Then obviously, then he went because Wolf got angry. Then that was that. Really good. Yeah, that was our right episode. My favorite though. Oh, well, I can I don't can I say favorite? There's a lot know, of man. good episodes. Like, I got loads. Yeah, there's like tons, but oh man, I absolutely adore the drumhead. Oh, what where um Picard lives his life for um that and uh, gets that flute. No, that's inner light. 
Boom. The drum head, it's a drum, it's like what Picard says, it's like a drum head trial, you know, what they used to do on battlefields. Basically, uh, the bang of a drum, they would make a judgment on somebody's life. So they would just kill people harshly, quickly, and it was built upon that. So there was a Rom- there was a Klingon spy who was working for the Romulans on the Enterprise. He got found out, but then there was like, oh, there must be a conspiracy. And then they found a guy who was had a Romulan grandfather, Simon Tarsi. Oh, I remember that. That was really good. And uh, Picard at the end uh, says that, that speech about like how. Um... Yeah, well, his words to Wolf were. Wolf was like. I, I trusted her because she turned on him as well. And she was like, turned on everybody. I trusted her. I believed her. And Picard was like, Mr. Wolf, villains who walk around twiddling their mustaches are easy to spot. But ones who clothe themselves in good deeds, now they're well clamorphalaged. Vigilance. Vigilance is a price that we pay. Awesome speech. True, I mean. I, I do feel, you know, Tasha Yar leaving work because she came back and it, it kind of really, in, in yesterday's Enterprise, which worked, and then the daughter came back. But she and, came, actually, that was quite cool because when she she came back in that time travel episode, didn't she, and that wormhole, and she actually died alongside the uh, crew um, where they uh, made peace with the uh, Klingons, didn't they? She died again. Nope, nope, she she didn't die. No, she didn't die. She got captured oh. and she had a daughter. Oh, she went back in time with that ship, though, didn't she? The Enterprise C, yeah. yeah. Guinan keeps looking at her during the episodes and uh, she doesn't understand what's going on. She just says, why do you keep looking at me like that? And uh, Guinan says, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> that, was re- that was a good episode, though, wasn't it? I think it's you know, I think it's rated as the best ever episode of TNG. I love the finale. I thought the finale is superb. Character-wise, I absolutely love Data. Data was a brilliant character, Data, because he appreciates what it means to be human, doesn't he? You know? Um, in some ways, Data is a lot more superior to the average human being. He's got a lot of strength and everything. He's highly intelligent. He's, he's basically a walking computer, isn't he, and such. But he desires, admires humanity, which is beautiful, really. It's his uh, character arc of trying to be, uh, become more human, which is really cool. Which does re- work really, really well. Um, and he even turns down the opportunity to become human from Q, doesn't he? Uh, well, he says, look, Q, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be human. And, and Q is like, don't worry, I would curse you with that. You're, you know, that inferior species, blah, blah, blah. But Q, Q is the best villain star trek has ever seen i'd, I'd agree with that they're, they're bringing him back for the picard series which is interesting season two do you think q's presence in picard sequel series will be any good hopefully it'll turn it around season one was a bit dire and turning him into a robot at the end was just awful well i think q will have something to say about that obviously hopefully we'll make him human again q likes to play around with picard do you remember that episode where picard's heart uh gets destroyed because it's a metal heart right it's called, it's called tapestry tapestry yeah. yeah and picard goes back in time and fixes things uh so it doesn't get stabbed and uh they go back in the present he's basically a nobody in start in the uh enterprise he's an ensign yeah <laughs> i hate it as well and picard says i'd rather be dead than doing this so q actually gives him back his life which is really cool isn't it it's like even though q is very antagonistic in that episode he's Kind of like just showing Picard, oh, uh, this is how uh, this could have been. But he's, uh... I love the episode where he falls out of the continuum and they turn him human. And then he appears at the beginning of the episode, butt naked in the sky. And he's like, red alert. And then they start having a conversation. And he's like, I'm mortal now. And Picard's like, don't be ridiculous. And he's like, what do I have to do to prove to you that I'm mortal? And then Wolf's like, die it's like oh ha ha wolf eat any good books elite <laughs> but q yeah I, I, I love what do you think of in season two they replace beverly with for some reason oh what was her name pulaski dr pulaski she was annoying not really like uh they're good or bad kind of thing i was a bit like okay kind of thing i do like uh, beverly crush's character a lot better I found she was a bit more empathetic and such. And, a bit, and plus she had a kind of 
interesting relationship with Picard as well, didn't she? Um, which made things interesting, you know, because they had a bit of chemistry going on there, didn't they? She was originally planned to be his love interest, but that didn't kind of work out. I loved it when she, when he was having, you know, Vash, who he found out, you know, you eat Vash, you we met on Riser. They were having like a meal together in his quarters and she walked in and was like, hey, it's breakfast. Who's this? And Vash is like, what the? Hey, you got a woman. You're mine, basically. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, but I, I kind of like Vash. He only did two episodes. But what do you think? Because there wasn't much interpersonal crew arguments. There was one episode where they all started punching each other, which was quite funny. Well, like Jamie Carlton. There's the Vulcan, Sarek, on board, and he's losing his control of his emotions. Oh, and yeah. Everybody starts getting really angry. And, you know, do you remember it? Riker gets decked. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, yes! <laughs> I, would love to, I would love for you to interview Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a good sense of humour about it, but you know. Oh man, I was so happy about that. That was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, because um, originally Rottenberry, bless his heart, he didn't want any interpersonal arguments. So like the writers were like, well, what are we supposed to do then? You can't have a story without conflict, unfortunately. Exactly. I understand where Roddenberry's vision is coming from, like this kind of peaceful hippie-like future, you know, then uh, war and things like that and starvation and all those things are, are solved and everything. The only problem is, yeah, the exploration side of things. They could, it's a bit like, where, where can you go with the story? And yes, you can go into interesting directions, but correct me if I'm wrong, though, in uh, the Star Trek series, though, uh, Kirk and uh, McCoy and and um, Spock are always arguing. Did you realise that the director of Nemesis, he had never, ever seen, and still hasn't, as far as people know, an episode of TNG? And yet they asked him to direct um, Star Trek Nemesis. What I loved about it, to be fair, though, going on to TNG, what I loved about it is they had an open script policy, so fans could send in scripts and some of them actually got used Mm. because obviously you can't do that nowadays they just throw it back in your face do you know also from tng do you remember generations oh yeah you remember michael and malcolm mcdonald oh yeah 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 apparently he got death threats for killing kirk on screen (laughs) i've heard about that yeah unfortunately there are some star trek fans that take things way too far but at least you can say that the uh, fan base is super loyal at least yeah, well, for, to Kirk, I don't know. Actually, Kirk did get himself in some trouble. Well, we, apparently, he did an SNL script in America. It's just, it, it was it was like at a Star Trek convention. And he sat there, and fans were coming up to him. And he was like, have you got nothing better to do? Get alive. And he got so much backlash <laughs> for that. <laughs> That's kind of like biting the hand that feeds you, though. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> what an idiot. Uh... On to the next part of the show. What was the name of the character who briefly replaced Dr. Crusher? We mentioned her earlier. Were you not listening? I was listening, but I've got a short term memory. You clearly have. You failed. It was, of course, Dr. Pulaski. What was the name of Wolf's father? I actually don't know that one. I'm sorry. It was Moog. Oh, dear. What job did Chief O'Brien have on the Enterprise? He was kind of like the chief engineer, wasn't he? Um... He was not. That was Geordie's job. Oh, he was one in charge of the um, t- teleporters. Transporter, what are you on? But I'll give you that. On to number four. In which episode did Data have to fight a courtroom battle to remain aboard the Enterprise? I'll give you options here. Data's day, fistful of Data's, or a measure of a man? Measure of a man. It is a measure of a man. In total, how many episodes of TNG were there? Ooh, uh, 140-something. 178. That was a tiffy, though. True or false? John Gillard was Gene Rottenberry's first choice as Captain Picard. I wouldn't know either way, but I'll go with false. And you're correct with false. What was the name of Data's evil twin? I know, I know this, actually. Originally, was originally supposed to be a woman character, but a sister it was supposed to be. Apparently, uh, Brent Spiner was like, nah, we want an evil twin. I think he just wanted more money and screen time. I don't remember, but I'm sure you're going to enlighten me and I'm going to be like, oh, no. It was, of course, law. That's right. 
that name came out of my head, but it was like standard but Lorca. I'm like, oh right, okay, can't be that. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. What is the name of the two-part episode which featured Spock, I, aka Leonard Nimoy? I'm not sure actually. I can't remember. It was unification. What was the name of the very first episode? Now you should know this. I I don't remember. I'm sorry. It was, of course, Encounter at Five Point. That came into my head as well. What's that? What's in your head? What was the name of the ship Captain Picard first commanded? The USS? Something or other. Stargazer. What was the name of the Enterprise's sister ship? I don't know. The Yamato. It's all right for you. You've got the answers sitting there right in front of you. And uh, to be honest, I know them anyway. What was the name of the planet that the inner light was set in? I don't know. I don't know this one. Resic. I didn't know that one. I wouldn't have got that one either. What is the name given to Captain Picard by the Borg? Lacutus. Hey, he's back on form. Who briefly commanded the Enterprise while Picard was captured by the Cardassians? I think that was Data. It was Edward Jellicoe, actually. And last question. How many times did Q appear in the entire series? About five times, I think. It was not. It was eight. That is a poor effort. But you are a Star Wars fan, so... I'm more knowledgeable about the Star Wars lore than I am of Star Trek, I'm afraid. <laughs> right. What we're going to do now is move on to our next part of the show. You ready for this? Bring it on. Yep. It is the worst Star Trek toys. Right. So up firstly is the Star Trek Enterprise water gun. A water gun that is in the shape of the original Enterprise. What is going on? Mm, looks like a cheap riff-off. Yeah, it doesn't even look like it. It, can't, it doesn't really make any sense. Does it have two spouts or something like that? Because that would have been interesting. That, that would have been cool, yeah. But no, it wasn't. They're just the water cells. It just shoots out of the deflector dish. Why don't they just make it look like a Star Trek gun and then just call it water gun? Because they had guns that were familiar. <laughs> that would have made more sense. Yeah. Next up is the Star Trek probe, which is a metal detector. Looks no different from a, from a normal one. It's uh, apparently, uh, people, it is in the shape of the Enterprise. So it's supposed to look like the Enterprise as a metal detector. Dude, the Enterprise doesn't look any, I suppose it's the saucer section, but what, what, dude, where's the warp missiles? Exactly. What's going on? That's, that's just more like, that's lazy branding. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like, oh, we'll stick Star Trek on, on uh, this brand and uh, it will sell more. Next up is the Star Trek train set. To be fair, that doesn't look that that awful. Dude, it's train. What the heck are trains in Star Trek? I think I saw trains in Star Trek, didn't they? When? I think it was like in... Um, that's true, actually. Dude, there's no trains in Star Trek. There's no tracks. They lifted them all up, man. That's just terrible. And may I say, some of the wagons are awful. They, they've got money in them. Yeah, because currency um, stopped at Star Trek, didn't it? Uh, in Starfleet, yeah. Obviously, the Frangie have money. But they, they don't have money on Earth. Why is the tray full of money? Well, Latinum, I take it. Yeah, gold press Latinum. We're moving on. To the Star Trek binoculars. Oh, dude, they look cheap. They look like something you find in Poundland. I'd agree there. Or Dollarland if you're in America. It's just more cheap branding, isn't it? If you went in Power Shop and you saw something exactly the same as that without a Star Trek logo, it would be way cheaper. It would be. You wouldn't buy it, that's for sure. That's just a terrible, terrible idea. I must say, man, so, some of these Star Trek toys are just, just horrible. Just a couple more to really upset ourselves with. The Star Trek plane. Okay, um... Why would planes exist in the Star Trek universe in the first place? It's literally like a normal plane you find in a hangar, people. It's got a propeller and everything. They've got warp drive, dude. <laughs> it's a bit like, oh, should we go really low tech? Yeah, I can understand it from the episode you spoke about when they went back into the First World War in Enterprise, but this is the actual original crew. This is from the original, and yeah, it's just a terrible idea. Anyway, uh, moving on. The Star Trek flying USS Enterprise Frisbee. Flies like a real spaceship. Uh, how exactly? Spaceships aren't controlled by gravity, so I don't know either. And they don't spin. You get a headache. The other thing is, often get the Enterprise in the original series was 
flies very slowly. So unless you uh, threw that frisbee very slowly, there was only that's the only way it could actually fly like a spaceship. Stupid idea. Don't throw it. It won't be like a spaceship. And Kellogg's sugar smacks. Space energy comes from sugar smacks. Star Trek Mission 271. Why does it look like Spock's got makeup on? Does a bit. Why is he wearing blusher? Uh, note to Kellogg's. Stick with Tony the Tiger. <laughs> Next on... What the heck is that? It's a shat in a costume with a mask that's joint to the costume. Dude, I don't know what's going on. At least it ain't a red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't wear it. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the, that's the just a quick, briefly look at some terrible, terrible Star Trek toys. We are moving on to... Is this Star Trek or Star Wars quotes? Right, people, get ready for this. Are you ready for this? Bring it on. Sweet. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Obi-Wan Kenobi, A New Hope, and the Millennium Falcon, Star Wars. That is correct. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Obi-Wan Kenobi again. From where? A New Hope. When Luke is um, using the lightsaber to... Uh, train with the lightsaber with the uh, visor over. Interesting. Sometimes a feeling is all we humans have to go on. That would be a Star Trek uh, line. It is. It's Captain Kirk. Indeed. Very well done. I'm impressed. Never tell me the odds. Han Solo. That's in, I, th- I think, A New Hope. Yeah. It is not. In Actually, it's the Empire Strikes Back when they go in the asteroid fields because uh, C3PO says. The uh, chances of surviving an asteroid field, field are 6,000 to 1. So that says, never tell me the odds. Mm, interesting. Well done. Let's keep a little optimism here. Yeah, that's Star Wars as well. I can't remember. Oh, does he, he doesn't know who it's from, though. It's Han Solo again. Oh, it is. And uh, that's right. That's in Return of the Jedi when... Um, Luke, Luke says he can sense uh, Darth Vader and they go on that ship to end, end, end all. Wow, that is, that, is, that is true. Next up, women always figure out the truth. That Star Trek line. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's a Star Wars quote. Oh, yeah, that's the uh, rubbish ones, the sequel trilogy. It is a Han Solo quote from The Force Awakens. Yeah. I don't have, a, oh. I don't have the uh, sequel, sequel uh, terminology. Uh, to mind is it with the first link the chain is forged i think that's like something picard would say it is a picard from the drumhead in actual fact well done insufficient facts always invite danger that's a star trek line it is and it's from spock himself if we're going to be damned let's be damned for what we really are that's kirk line oh it's not a kirk line no Oh, that must be McCoy then. It's a Picard line, in actual fact. Really? Sounds like it isn't. Wars not make one great. Yoda, Empire Strikes Back. It is indeed. You ready for the next one? I was raised to do one thing, but I've got nothing to fight for. That's that's not in Star Wars. That that's uh, that's in Star Trek. But I'm not sure. You are wrong. It is from Star Wars. It's a Finn quote from The Force Awakens. I'm going to get knocked down on the, on the uh, awful sequel trilogy, aren't I, lines? <laughs> yeah. No one's ever really gone. That I think that's a Star Wars line, but I'm not sure where, where it's from. Probably a sequel trilogy. <laughs> yeah, you hate that. No one's ever really gone. Yeah, uh, I've... I've been desperately trying to get the awful memory of The Last Jedi out of my mind. So <laughs> that's not the original trilogy. That's that sequel trilogy, and it's an awful, awful movie. Don't you love that movie? Yes. Like I like bathing in vomit. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find I'm full of surprises. Luke's eye will get Empire Strikes Back when he's fighting Darth Vader. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. We seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. C3PO, uh, beginning of New Hope, when he goes back on Tatooine. Indeed. A species that enslaves other beings is hardly superior, mentally or otherwise. That would be a Star Trek quote, that would be. It is a Captain Kirk quote himself. Well done. Compassion. That's the one thing no machine ever had. That's a Star Trek line. 
It is. It's, it's Dr. McCoy. The change is essential progress of all existence. That's another Star Trek line, that is. Not bad. Not bad. Ready for the next one? Yeah. Judge me by my size. Yoda, Empire Strikes Back. All right, okay. I have a bad feeling about this. That's a line that goes throughout Star Wars, so that's um, a lot of characters say it. In fact, it's said it in every single movie. Dreams pass in time. Um, that is Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan Kenobi to Anakin. Oh, it is, indeed. Wow. You, you're not doing bad, Terry. I'm, 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 I'm kind of quite impressed. No one's... Uh, uh, you've got a few wrong, but not too many. Right, you ready for this? Yep. Okay. Mom, you said that the biggest problem in this universe is nobody helps each other. Anakin Skywalker to Shamish Skywalker in Phantom Menace. I think I can handle myself. Well, that's a bit of a generated line, but I'd say that's from Star Wars. It is from Star Wars. I'm not exactly sure. It is a Ray quote from The Force Awakens. We've got five more. I've seen your daily routine. You are not busy. That's the Star Trek quote. Oh, indeed it is not. It is a Star Wars quote. It is from The Last Jedi. Oh, my goodness. Stop abusing me with that awful movie. <laughs> it was a Ray quote. Next. You may find that having is not so pleasing a thing is wanting. That's something that Picard would say, I think. That's something Spock said, actually. Yeah. Um, so Star Trek line, then. It is indeed a Star Trek line. Logic is the beginning of wisdom. That's, that's Spock. That is Spock, indeed. Let the past die. Kill it. That's Kylo Ren from The Last Jedi. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that horrible line. Indeed. So this is how Liberty dies. Revenge of the Sith, uh, Pad, Padme, uh, when uh, the Emperor when he, uh, announces that it's going to be a brand new galactic uh, empire. I thought you had a terrible memory. That is correct. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Uh, that's a Star Trek quote. It is not a Star Trek quote. It is from the rise of Skywalker. Ugh. It is Poe. Yeah. I hate those movies. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, now be brave and don't look back. Um, Shmi Skywalker to Anakin when he uh, leaves the, home, the homestead, uh, Phantom Menace. And they, well, Terry, that was a... That was a surprisingly if you, if you, well thought out. If you actually give me the lines from the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, I'll be able to nail it. Sequel trilogy, I've tried to burn them out of my mind. So Last Jedi. I've only watched The Last Jedi once, by the way, and that was a more than enough time. I mean, there were so many moments I wanted to walk out of that awful film. I have no idea how it took a remarkable endurance just to sit through that three-hour garbage fest. And it really was an absolute abomination of Star Wars. Or a couple wrong. Yeah, they did too bad. Didn't too bad. But overall, we've spoken about some all things Star Trek. Next week, we're going to hear all things Star Wars, which I'm sure you're looking about. I'm looking forward to talking about The Last Jedi. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to talking about that vomit stain on Star Wars. <laughs> and how Rian Johnson deserves a good walloping and a good hiding for that absolute abomination of the movie and not even not even having the gall to apologise for that absolute horror show I mean, I think Rian Johnson should go into making horror movies because The Last Jedi is the pinnacle of an absolute, ter ho absolute horror movie because you never want to see that again <laughs> To be honest, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan so it really doesn't upset me at all <laughs> I just find it funny <laughs> Well, there was that Star Trek video where they said that um, Into Darkness wasn't the worst Star Trek movie. In fact, uh, what was it? Star Trek Insurrection was the worst Star Trek movie. Hey, we haven't really touched on the movies, but that Muppet <laughs> should show his face. Because you know what he's talking about. Right? Insurrection was a good movie. It, was, it wasn't amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it was a good movie. With, with, with respect, he did make a good point about how... It's quite funny just watching Paul's teeth grit, uh, grind uh, in an absolute rage there. Darkness <laughs> blue. <laughs> What's going on? Um, he made a good point though that one of the general things was about insurrection was that they were saying that technology is a bad thing. 
about not not discovering anything whereas star trek the whole theme of star trek is the complete opposite of that that is a very valid point about uh what we call insurrection you know no no it's not <laughs> they found a planet where people grew younger and got fitter and they didn't need technology it was a planet without technology it wasn't a slate in the star trek universe it was just a different aspect of it that guy's an idiot right and that <laughs> where you get me onto into Star- okay. into darkness <laughs> was a disaster <laughs> If they try to remake Khan, they're off of Khan, and did a terrible job, but they gave they did the same movie worse. <laughs> just the vileness of it. Man, I tell you what, I hate I just like JJ. Ooh. Anyway, um Insurrection was a good movie. I liked it. I, I'll watch it again. I won't watch Insurrection again. Oh man, and, and like they try to make this big thing about all oh, this, like we'll make this massive su- surprise to the Star Trek fans. This is actually Khan. And everybody's like, Yeah, we knew that from the start. This is supposed to be a big deal. You, Thanks for wasting my last hour. What do you think about them flipping um, Kirk and Spock's death? Oh, they spun it around like from the first spot. Oh, you just ruin it, don't they? I just... Spock actually dies, doesn't he? Um, in that, whereas Kirk. Kirk, you kind of knew Kirk wasn't going to die. And they brought him back to life. Shock horror. It was terrible. Man, I will not watch that movie again because it made me literally vomit. I was at the cinema as well, man. I tell you what, that was an awkward evening. I, I just, what was wrong with them? Why would they create that? Why didn't they just do their own storylines? Like, you know, um, the latest one, which is called Star Trek Beyond. Beyond, thank you. Yeah, it's called Beyond. That's actually not a bad movie. It was just, admittedly, it was Justin Lynch who did it, but it was a good movie. It was a standalone. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Into Darkness remaking Star Trek, which is good anyway. Um, I'd I'd say with, I'm annoyed now. Thanks for that. Within reason, I do think uh, uh, Khan is the better movie, even though then uh, Into Darkness. See, I'm not really. I mean, I look at Star Trek movies and. Um, I'm kind of not into the mythos and to lore as you are kind of thing. So I can understand why. So Into Darkness is the Star Wars version of Last Jedi, basically. Yeah. Well, all I can say is I'm looking forward to next week and giving you some of that. Don't get me wrong. Um, Last Jedi was an absolute abomination of a movie and should never have been made. And Rian Johnson... Um, should be locked in a room with angry Star Wars fans and be finished. And so was Into Darkness. And so was the original Star Trek movie, by the way. That was naff. The the remade, you know, with a new cast. It was was just the uh, much maligned Kelvin timeline. Oh, it's violent. Actually, here's something of interest. Um, Is Discovery Kelvin timeline or not? Uh because of all the issues with the licensing that's been going on, most uh, Picard's Kelvin and Discovery's Kelvin now, they're, they, they, because the rights to the movies and the series is a different and they can't get it all together. Apparently now they can because two companies, so what, have, the so companies have merged. So, so wait a minute. Just, in, in the Picard universe then, uh, the Kelvin universe and uh, Discovery, that means... Um, Vulcan, the planet Vulcan doesn't exist. So, uh, we've already spoken some good things. I am looking forward to making your life miserable over Star Trek uh, next week. I mean, Star Wars. I'm looking forward to making your life miserable over Star Wars next week. Well, to be fair, I've not really brought up the Into Darkness thing too much, and I've been quite reasonable. Uh, You're just putting up now. <laughs> You've raised my blood pressure, man. Okay, I apologise. I'll have to go and have a drink. <laughs> um, but no, it's been good. Uh, what's your Japanese word for the, the episode? Arigato zimisu. That is, thank you very much. Well done. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me today, Terry. Okay. I'm Paul. I'm Terry. <laughs>